Hi, everybody. Welcome to Pockets Full of Soup, the storytelling show. I'm your host, Jared Petty. I'm joined today by a special guest. Who are you, good sir? I'm Blaine Gibson. I'm from Rooster Teeth Productions. And today I brought tomato bisque in my pockets. Tomato bisque in your pockets? That was the requirement, right? That was your choice of soups. Yes, yes. Is tomato bisque your favorite soup? Uh, I would I would say so. Yeah? With the grilled cheese, especially. Oh, tomato. Are you a milk or no milk in your tomato soup? Milk. You yeah. got to make it creamy. Excellent. You know? with you. Yep. That so. is the proper answer. What about grilled cheese sandwich? What's your grilled cheese sandwich configuration? Uh, it's typically, it's a two, the craft cheese slices mm-hmm. or Velveeta cheese they're kind of interchangeable and then Ooh. you just you know just regular white bread okay. water bread uh, do you butter your butter before or not okay mayo it. or no 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 God. yeah everybody Jerry. has a different take do I need to leave? No, <laughs> yeah, okay. you can do what you like. I mean, we talk about food a lot on the show. Okay, uh, it's a kind of a weird like things that come up. But you know, um, uh, the loving relationships we have with the people we're most thankful for. Mm-hmm. Uh, food, yeah. uh, Riverdale. Um, these things all come up a lot. Is that the Archie show? Yeah, that that's I'm not the Archie familiar show. With indeed, I should be ashamed. Hey, of. folks, Riverdale. All right, but <laughs> let's go back to uh, let's go back to bisque in the pockets. So that's okay. your favorite soup to carry around in pocket. You'd like it? They have good tomato soup in cans in Japan. Uh, have, have you ever had it there? I have not been to Japan, but I, I'm planning on going with my girlfriend. I think it's gonna be a great time. Typically, in the vending machines, you'll find at least two flavors of soup. You'll find uh, you'll find corn soup and you'll find tomato soup. Okay, in, in the vending machine. I also so. hear that ham sandwiches and egg. Egg, egg and ham sandwiches are a big deal there. That's a thing. Yeah, yeah. and some are good and some are not. Okay. Uh, you're going to try different stuff. I had a strawberry sandwich once there. That was very unusual. Just like a, with bread and strawberries? Bread and strawberries and cream on a sandwich. It was actually kind of, and I think it had lettuce, weirdly. I'll, um, I'll take it. It was kind of good. I liked it. I had some unusual sandwiches. Also, corn on their pizza. Mm-hmm. No, no, not no. your thing. That's yeah. no, never. I didn't like it either. Yeah. Uh, what's the most adventurous food you ever consumed? Adventurous food. Uh, I'm. Re- I, I just remember going to UT. Then the first week I was there, I lived in a co-op, mm-hmm. and at the co-op they serve your food. You know, that's part of your rent, and everybody eats in the cafeteria together. And I remember having gyro meat. And at the time, I never had lamb because I was just like, oh, it's so cute. I don't want to kill a, eat a lamb. And I was like halfway through it, and I was like, what is this? This is delicious. And they're like, it's gyro meat. It's not the most adventurous, but I think it's the best story. Yeah, so. it tastes real good. It it were really you good. ashamed that you were eating the poor baby animal? It was so good that I just, I just kind of block it out of my mind. Now yeah, I do it. that. I, I consume the flesh of lambs with with glee mm. because they're so good. I cut it off at rabbits, though. I used to own rabbits. Oh, okay. Can't do rabbits. Can't, can't do rabbits. I'm I sure think. they're delicious. I don't care. Rabbits are tasty. Uh, <sighs> I, I like a good rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. There was actually I, I used to uh, the college I attended had a um, had a missions training center in it that had like a uh, a. A sort of third world village okay. that you would go and live in and you'd learned how to build things uh, in the village learned how to like like uh, jury rig all different kinds of things and and create structures that were useful for helping people learn agriculture and farming and and among the things you do there is you raise a lot of your own food so they kept rabbits yeah. and they would raise slaughter and eat their rabbits as a part of their 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 daily meals what there. school is a, this, this is uh, there was a little college in uh, florida just south of orlando that i okay. went to and uh, yeah they that was a that was an on-campus place there a guy back in the 60s had this idea that like hey instead of walking off and learning how to tell people how they had to live their lives why don't we instead learn to help like people in 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 places with less techno access to technology right live a better standard of living and so they went out or at least a more convenient standard of living and they went out and learned to run power and create uh create showers and buildings and schools and yeah neat stuff that's that's way cooler than my school i went to ut and i learned about i, I watched movies i guess that was cool that's okay not like a, movies are good a, 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 a typical education just watching movies in class no when you say when you say ut university of texas yes being being rooster teeth-ified as yes you are? Okay. uh yeah i, I was Raised in Dallas, and then I went to Austin for school, and then while I was there, I got my internship 
Okay. It was just like right down the street. But so, you said you watched movies in Yeah, I went to, uh, I had a, a degree in radio, television, and film okay. from the University of Texas. And uh, yeah, that was like a big part of it was film appreciation and watching movies. And I remember this uh, class, Dr. Schatz's class. He's a very scary man, but he's very intelligent. And we used to watch like what made him scary? Godfather. He just he was just so smart, and he had been work. He like was in the industry. Like he okay. had he was one of those professors that you showed up uh, and you bought his book, and the first day of school you realized that the textbook that you bought he wrote it. Okay, yeah, he was one yeah. of those kinds of guys. That's either the most wonderful or terrible situation, depending on the quality of the book. Yeah. I've I've I've, I've uh, kind of encountered both of those, and uh, generally speaking, it's pretty cool. Yeah. But- he was tenured, and he just like had it all together, and he just enjoyed teaching, so it worked That's out. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. So, and what what'd you watch? Uh, oh man, I watched actually. That was the first time that I watched like some classics. Like I watched a lot of Hitchcock. So we watched. Uh, oh my god, what was that one where there's like a spy thing, and they had this like cool keyhole shot that I totally can't remember. I think, is that Notorious? Notorious. Or is that, okay, yeah. yeah. Not just Notorious, and then I also watched. Um, Oh my god, I'm so bad at That's okay. Nope, the you're remembering the moments. Um, uh, that's what stands out, the moment not the title. That's Simon all. and Garfunkel did their the it was the first pop so, per, first movie to do a pop band to do their soundtrack. Okay. So oh, you're talking about uh are you thinking about uh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, The Graduate. Yeah, The Graduate. Yeah. yeah. That was the first time I watched that, which no I'm kidding. Kind of ashamed of. Okay. Yeah. So, so just those kinds of like classic movies. It was at the uh, at the end were they uh were they in love or was it all over? Oh man, I think it was one of those things where it's like they realized they definitely messed up and they had their like little fun stint, but then they were just like, no, we got to be adults. Yeah, this. that look on their faces there at the end. It's like, it all. It's yeah. kind of wonderful. I'm glad you enjoyed it. So, Blaine, why don't you uh, tell us about somebody you're thankful for? Somebody I'm thankful for yep. would have to be my father. Father. Mark J. Gibson. Ooh. The first. Oh, Mark J. Name. Gibson, the first? Uh, well, I guess the only. The only? Yeah. The unique? Yes. Okay. He's a he is a a bigger guy, a rotund dude. He's bald. He's got great facial hair. And he's a football coach. What he's defines a, great facial hair? Uh, he's got it. Well, it varies. I haven't seen him in a while, but last time I saw him, he had a sweet biker mustache. Oh. He just is one of those guys that like he doesn't care what's going on here. He just has fun with it. And okay. I appreciate that. And and this is this is something that within the, the body domestic is allowed. Like nobody else is upset by this. Everybody's cool with the facial hair. Yeah, he's like he's like the most lovable football coach. So everybody's like, yeah, it's Coach Gibson. Foot, football coach. So he's p- professional football coach. Yeah, uh, uh, high school football coach. Okay. Yeah. So is professional he, high school football is he coach. teacher first and coach second or coach first and teacher second? Man, that's hard because okay. he's like right down the middle like he loves teaching history and i know that you have those football coaches or baseball coaches in high school and they just show up and pop a movie on and stuff like that that's not my dad that's not your dad no All he's right. super invested in teaching kids what's he like about history um well his dad was a uh, world war ii veteran no that would be that would be his name's mark right yes and so that would be mark the zero since that he's would, mark the first <laughs> that would be oscar oscar yes. oscar the seventh Oscar, Oscar the, the seventh of Austria. Yes. Oscar the Grouch. No, I, I, is your no. grandpa a Grouch? No, my grandpa, uh, bless his soul, was a a great person. Okay. Yes, I uh, raised uh, seven lovely kids. Wow, yeah. seven. that's a that's a that's a, a household. Number. Yeah, right there, which makes a uh, family gatherings great. So uh, Mark is a historian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a football coach, and a Texas high school football coach. Yes, which is a whole different breed of football coach. Expound. Well, so in Texas. We've got barbecue. We've got, I don't know, what else do we have? What else do we have in, in Texas? Uh, well, we've got barbecue and we've got football. Okay. It's like two very important the things. The cornerstones of life, barbecue Tex-Mex. and football. You have Ted Cruz. 
Okay, so you have barbecue and okay, so barbecue and football. All right, so you have barbecue and football, and uh, the barbecue, the the beef brisket. Mm-hmm. Another thing, by the way, comes up in the show barbecue. Mm. Uh, so beef brisket. What do you think in the barbecue quadrifecta mm-hmm. uh, of the United States? We're going to talk about the kind of the four prominent U.S. lower forty-eight schools of barbecue: Carolina, Texas, Kansas City, and Memphis. Mm-hmm. Where do you fall in Texas? Uh, how do you how do you mean? Like, where where do I think that the yeah ranking yeah, is yeah what's the ranking? Those? Yeah. Well, I haven't actually tried at those other three. You said one of the Carolinas. What was the other two? Carolinas pulled pork. Uh-huh. Uh, dry rub pulled pork okay. uh, or vinegar pulled pork. Uh, brisket in Texas is yes. generally the most famous. Uh, Kansas City is brisket with with a dash of a, kind of a sweeter dash to it. Like and sweet. then Memphis is kind of a smoky okay. vibe to it. Um, yeah, we're, we're definitely like brisket people. Yeah. yeah. And, and my dad does like ribeye. That's, that's a Ooh, big thing. That's some good stuff. Yeah. So you do homemade barbecue? Uh, yes. I actually for Christmas bought him a uh, an electronic smoker so he can make his own barbecue. Oh. It's always been making like great steaks and he's a master with the meats. It's weird. Um, Not at all. He's real good with uh, with making foods and stuff. So yeah, he likes that. Master with the meats. Master with the meats. It's a character on He-Man. Is it? Uh, he was Master an action meats? figure. Master Meats, yes. He just threw uh, T-bone steaks. That yeah, he hung man. out with many faces and beast man. Everything about like everybody in He-Man, their name is just what they are. What man? Something man. Moss man, many faces. Beast, beast man. Man, yeah. I used to watch, I watched the revamped version of He-Man. Oh, that was like He-Man like 2.0? That was like late 90s, early 2000s, I think. I remember that. Yeah. Well, how was it? It was great. It was good. You like the, you like the revamp He-Man? Yeah, because like, uh, but I always remember the arguments against these the, those cartoons is like, oh, it sets these little boys up for such a, like a hard, like their action figures are like these big pulsing dudes and stuff. And it's like, oh, whatever. You're like all built and ripped and stuff. Thanks to He-Man. I just Thanks wanted to be He-Man. He-Man. Is that yeah. what happened? I wanted to wield the master, or not the master sword, Jesus, Blaine, the... Uh, what did, what was the magic sword? Got it from Castle Grayskull. Yeah, he, he would held aloft his magic sword. sword. That was what he'd say. I and by the power of the Orca, yeah, I, I have. The, I don't know what is that sword called. I don't know if it has his name. Is it just the sword of Grayskull? It's weird that Skeletor had a purple version of the same sword. Yeah, kind of strange. Actually, in the yeah, original probably. like action figures, you could take He Man's sword and Skeletor's sword, and they would link together and make one big sword. Oh, it's really right. strange. Yeah, that was only in the earliest toys, though. There, well, there was in the updated version. I think you could tear apart Skeletor's swords, and he could dual wield, or he could have one big sword. No kidding. So, yeah. wow. Oh, wait. Some our our helpful uh, producer right now is holding something out there. It's the I power sword. Oh, it's a power sword. Excellent. Power we sword. Uh, we've got a helpful producer. Helpful producer. You want to come into the shot for a minute here? The helpful producer. Never is, met is, this person. Yeah, uh, yeah. I have no idea who this person is. Hey, greetings, everyone. It's the helpful producer. <laughs> Hello, helpful producer, Alana Pierce. Um, so, Blaine, uh, let's go back to your father, Mark, for a okay. second, because I've distracted us with, with talk of barbecue and He-Man. He-Man. Your dad's a football coach. Uh, he has gnarly facial hair. Mm-hmm. Um, why are you thankful for him? Oh, man. Well, so it was one of those things where when I was a child, being a football coach, you are, that's like your life. Like, you you are constantly at practice, butt crack in the morning, to uh you know late in the evening especially on game nights you know you're just always away that weekend practice so when i was growing up i didn't really know my dad all that much it wasn't until like i was like 10 that i really got to know him 
So this, again, for folks that don't understand high school football in Texas mm-hmm. and what it means culturally in parts of that state, can you, can you expound a little, let people know what that's like? Yeah. So, I mean, like every high school has a huge football team. And in Friday nights, they have a junior show, Friday Night Lights. It's, it's all about football. That's like, you know, the most popular sport in the South uh, by far. I mean, probably even more than baseball. And uh, yeah, that's just like a big rite of passage. I mean, that's like... If you play varsity football, then you're like a god at school. <laughs> it's a cultural event. Yeah. Uh, and and I, it, it's similar if you've ever heard the reputation of high school basketball in Indiana, for example. Mm-hmm. Similar thing. The entire town is just there. Everybody's into it. Everybody's involved somehow as a booster. Or as a, and I'm saying everybody. But many people in these towns, boosters, supporters, helping out as volunteer coaches, mm-hmm. traveling with the team, supporting them at the games. Your father then heavily invested in time throughout your childhood. How'd you feel about that? Well, I mean, it was, I didn't really know what to think of it because uh, I I had this guy who like, I know loved me and I loved him a lot, but I didn't get to spend a lot of time with him. Did he show affection then? Absolutely. Yeah. No, he was, he was a very affectionate dad, but at the same time, like he was just, he's a big tough guy. And as a kid, you know, and he's a, he's a bigger dude too. So as a kid, like looking up to this guy, you know, and not really getting to see him all that much. You know, I kind of had mixed feelings, but it wasn't until I started being a ball boy for the football team that I got to go and see what he did. And I understood. I had a understanding of why he was. So ball boy. Yeah. First, did you want to be a ball boy? Did uh, you ask him or did he ask you? I think initially I didn't want to. I think he saw that as an opportunity for uh, me to get familiar with the game and yeah. to hang out with him. And I was reluctant at first, but then it was one of those things that I did it for years and I was so really? happy for it because, yeah, because I got to hang out with my dad. I remember so many times, J.J. Uh, Pierce High School, specifically out in Richardson, Texas, um, during halftime, there was this pickup truck and it was by, it was Billy's truck. He would, Billy was the uh, medic and he would lower the hatch in the back. My dad would just, dad and I would just sit there. And I even remember a coach saying one time he caught us, we're both dangling our legs off the side of the truck. My dad reaches around, picks a wedgie, and then I reach around and pick a wedgie. And it's like we were just like clones of each other. <laughs> I love that one of your fondest memories of you and your father <laughs> early in life is of both of you like picking at your butts. <laughs> but it's just like it's that's amazing. Yeah, it was uh, and delightfully human. Yeah, it is. So a ball boy, what's a ball boy do? A ball boy has to keep the balls dry. Rain days are nightmares for ball boys. So they always have to keep balls clean. If a ball goes, you know, out of bounds. You got to make sure that you get the referee a new ball. Got to go collect that ball. Got to wipe down with a cloth. Okay. You know, it's just always keeping the balls clean and aired up. And everything. because in American football, for those of you watching overseas, the the ball changes out fairly constantly in rain. Right? It does. I mean, yeah, they're trying to keep that because friction becomes very important when you're yeah. trying to grip that weed. American football is a weird ball. Yeah, it's kind of a strange thing, isn't it? I yeah. mean, do. So you started out a ball boy. Did you end up playing for your dad? Yes, I did. So um, I actually, so this is, God, the, the more I tell this story, the more I realize like, oh, this guy doesn't sound like he was that great of an influence at all. I'm getting there though. Okay. Um, so I started out uh, going to grade school and middle school with my mom. She was also an educator and I went to her school district and then it ended up, I went to high school and my dad, um, right before ninth grade, which is when you go to high school. Texas, he said, do you want to go to the high school that I coach at? Hmm. I would like to coach you. It's your choice. I know that you have your friends here in town, but I feel strongly about this. You know, he gave me the option and I said, wow. yeah, no, I want to, I, 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 you know, I take you a long time to make the decision or was it quick? Uh, you know, I mean, I think it was always kind of just like made up in my mind. Like it was just understood. Like, uh, 
you know, being the ball boy and being around the football field and stuff like that, I just always knew that someday I would get coached by my dad. Okay. So it was just kind of in the cards and that's how it worked out. And yeah, that freshman year was rough because I went to a school, new school district. I was a freshman in high school, didn't have any friends. And that's when I really, 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 I mean, aside from the football games, started to get to know my dad. Um, it became a thing that I would go to his classroom and eat lunch with him mm -hmm. because I hadn't made friends yet. And even when I did make friends, still go to his classroom, eat lunch with him. Okay. So I just like really got to, got a lot of quality That's time. That's cool. Yeah, it's a lot of a So lot what's of lunch time. with dad like? Lunch with dad typically involves going to his high school history class. I would help him grade papers, mm -hmm. but we would mostly just talk about what was going on with my education. And he was... Uh, did he take an interest in that? He did. And he actually was very supportive of like my theater uh, education. Theater education, really? Yeah. I what was, kind of theater education? I was like really big into stage productions and stuff. I okay. was even in musicals when I was at that high school because I was a big deal for that school. On stage or backstage? No, on stage. On stage. Yeah, okay. acting and, and even singing and dancing and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And uh, Are you a dancer? Not anymore. Yeah, <laughs> not but you were. School. What yeah. kind of dancing? Uh, we Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's like this Broadway type. So we did like Peter Pan, you yeah. know, and I was Tootles the Lost Boy. So That's awesome. We had this whole choreograph. Not Rufio? Not Rufio, no. Not Rufio? It's oh, too bad. Nobody's as cool as Rufio. No, no, no. It's hard. I mean, how are you going to find a Rufio? But, okay, so you were Tootles? You danced? I, yes. And did you sang? Uh, yes, I did. I even had a solo part in one of my songs. One of the songs had a little solo for Tootles. Pretty exciting. Yeah, right? it was. So your dad encouraged you in theater? He did. He absolutely yeah. did. Which you would think a high school football coach, he wants his son to be tough. He wants him to be, Arr! but no, even in, even now in, in, in Rooster Teeth productions, when I'm doing just wacky stuff on the camera, my dad's just like, man, I showed my, your video to all of my coaches and stuff like that. And they so your dad it. watches your stuff? Yeah. He's yeah. super proud of it. And, he, and the best thing ever is... Rooster Teeth is a pretty big community, and if I'm ever hanging out with them, we're going to you know the store while I'm in town, and somebody comes up and they say, "Hey, you're Blaine from Rooster Teeth." My dad just like, oh, I like, can't <laughs> take you anywhere. And it's like he just gets really excited. So, you've been with Rooster Teeth how long now? I've been with Rooster Teeth for I think I'm going on four years, if you're including my internship. Wow, your dad ever come and watch you film? Um, you know he hasn't been on set with you me yet. Done it yet? Oh, I yeah. really, you just made me think I should really get him on one of my sets so we can see just more to work. like see it happen. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of amazing. Like we we work strange jobs. We yes. we have strange careers, and, and explaining those careers to parents, I found to be a, a very fascinating challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, my mom and dad have proved to be remarkably. Uh, agile in, in their efforts to understand what I do for a living as I, as I moved throughout the industry. But uh, still, having these kind of weird science fiction jobs that we do with parents, it's the idea that you can bring your parents to a shoot. Yeah. You know, very few people get that opportunity. Mm -hmm. That's kind of extraordinary. So besides football mm -hmm. and history and encouraging you in your pursuits, what's your dad enjoy? Uh, hmm. Well, he has a very specific genre of movies that he enjoys and it's typically like action 80s and stuff like that so we'll watch movies together and, and, and kind of talk about like the you know or the favorites and our classics and stuff like that oh, i'm trying to think what else he enjoys he really likes food we talk about food and we go and get food a lot and we eat together okay um so hmm. eating is a big part of life yeah but aside from that i mean it's the strange thing about my dad is even though we're super close we almost have nothing in common like uh, our huh. our political beliefs don't match up um we lead kind of different lifestyles in terms of health and and uh i don't play football don't enjoy football anymore but he still is very into it when did you stop 
Um, I mean, after high school. You after, know, so just, you played for him and then not anymore? Yeah, there was no point for, to me. I, I'd been around it my whole life, and I had been working up to that goal of being coached by my dad once I reached that point. Just, I was done with it. How do you feel about you not trying to play for UT? <laughs> I think he understood that that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Now, and that was the thing, too, is um, there was a, a crossroads, you know, another one where it's, I went to the high school with him. He gave me that decision. At one point in time, I was... Uh, being, I was pretty successful playing defense, but my dad is an offensive line coach. Offensive okay. line, this is the biggest guys on the field. Yeah, and he was like, you know, do you want to play for defense? That's that's fine if you do. You just won't be able to be coached by me. But you know, it's like if that's what you're more successful at. And I said, Dad, uh, I came to this school to get coached by you. So even if I'm undersized, I'm going to play offensive line. So oh. I was like the smallest offensive lineman on the field. So you played OL. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what would you play then? They have you like at, at guard? Or I played, no, no, I played a tackle. I was okay. a lot bigger back then. I actually, okay. I've actually since lost like probably 40 pounds since okay. high school. But um, yeah, I tried my hardest and played tackle. Wasn't the best, but my dad was still proud of me no matter what. For so. doing that. So did you completely defense behind then or did you play on both sides of the ball? Um, for both, I played both sides of the ball for freshman year, but after... Like once you reached JV, yeah, then you had to do one. Or had the to other, commit to one or the other. Pretty much. Okay, I wondered about that. So, what's it like for you playing ball? Uh, did you enjoy it? Um, practices, yes, and games, no. Games were the most stressful thing, and I think that that's a very uh, that's some of the most like anxious I've I've felt. You know, it's just the the pressure and stuff like that. But I was actually there for it more from just hanging out with my pops and the camaraderie of being on the football team. Well, I have to ask you, you'd express anxious. How, how so? Blaine, if you don't mind me asking, I mean, what was it? The tension of, of all the eyes on you? Was it your father being there watching? What I think was it was like? mostly just like not getting, not messing up. So where if I walked off the field, my dad just being there and mm-hmm. making, make sure, making sure I knew Cause he held me accountable more so than other players because he knew that I was, you know, he, he's, he's taught me better, you know? So if I missed a, a block or if I messed up a snap because I played center sometimes too, you know, he'd be right there. We've been through this. You know how to do this. There's, you know, so, and it sounds like a very harsh upbringing, but it's, it's given me a work ethic that I don't think I would have had if, if, if I hadn't experienced that with my dad. And because of that, I think I've achieved pretty cool things. What was it like to disappoint him in a moment? Um, well, so football coaches, they're also known for being very loud and shouty. Um, and that's something... Tony Dungy aside. <laughs> and I think that that's something that's kind of like going away from uh, today's culture. A lot of kids are a little bit more pampered than they were. Mm-hmm. Um, but my dad is very old school. So not that he would ever be violent or anything like that. But I do remember being my dad being so close to my face and hollering at me that I could feel the spit coming <laughs> off. And those were just, you know, it made me want to do better, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and when I had like, you know, my education going on and things got stressful there, it was never as stressful as I wanted to prove that I could do things for my dad. And you felt like you had a choice to keep coming back. Like somebody's shouting in your face. Yeah. And you just screwed up on the field uh-huh. and he feels like you can do better. And the moments come to try to do the next thing. What is it like for you when you walk back out on that field after that? Uh, it's it's just a renewed uh, desire to want to succeed. Hmm. It's you know it's just like digging yourself up. You know you've you've reached your lowest low and then just trying to fight your way back up. And that's that's just been a lesson that's been brought with me ever since then. 
What's the angriest you've ever been at your dad? Mm, I don't know. It probably comes down to uh, politics. Really? Um, and I'm not going to like say which way mm-hmm. I lean or the other. And I, you know, I'm not going to insult him for his political beliefs. And I don't want anybody else to think that he's a bad person because of who he voted for. Um, but that's definitely something that's a point of contention between my dad and I. So it's something that's happened in your adult life. Then. Yeah, okay. definitely. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it was really rough because like we both, uh, were, I, he was raised in a certain setting and I was raised by him and, you know, I think he wanted to pass on his beliefs to me and for me to kind of find my own path. But we both realized that, you know, he, at one point we, we sat down and talked and he said, you know, you're your own man and I respect that you have your own opinions. And, and I said, you know, and I'm, I'm sorry that I think differently than you. And I said, and I don't want politi- politics to ever come between us. And since then we've just agreed, we're just, we just don't talk about it. You know, okay, <laughs> so just, it's, it's become something off, off out of the realm of discussion, yeah. but there was a moment of anger that led to that then. Yeah. 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 Was he uh, angry too? Yeah. It was yeah. a pretty heated thing, but that's oh. the thing about my dad and I is like, we could just go from yelling and shouting at each other to going and getting a corn dog from Wiener Schnitzel and just being totally cool about it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, we're able to just flip that switch. What's the proudest you ever remember your father being of you? Hmm. Well, I do remember freshman year of high school. It's on the football field. And uh, this is probably the the most proud he's been in terms of uh, athletics. But uh, I remember since I was a smaller guy, um, I was on the defensive line. And they were about to go in. There was a one, we were on the one-yard line. They are about to score. So we had to really buckle down our defenses and make sure that we were going to block that, um, that, that goal. And they passed the ball off to this dude that was easily double my size, just this huge monster of a man. So I see a gap open up, the offensive lineman push out of the way, and this dude, I guess they're running back or whoever he was, just running towards me. And I just remembered everything my dad taught me. I got a hunkered low, you know, low center of gravity, and just just picked him up and just threw him on the ground. Just, just anything to stop this guy from, from, from uh, scoring. And I remember standing back up, and I'm like, oh, my God, I, I blocked the goal. I blocked the goal. I did it. Okay. And I, I buckled up my helmet because it popped off in the process. And I ran to the sideline, and my dad's got the biggest smile on his face. And he stops me, and he turns me around, and he looks out there. And not this is a horrible thing to be proud of, but I injured the guy. I hit him so hard, I injured the guy. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Oh, God. So I, I think I knocked the air out of him pretty hard. And, and my dad was just like, you, you gave that kid a hit. I'm, I'm really proud of you. <laughs> wow, it's a very violent thing. That's a that's a that's an unusual moment of pride. There um, was the guy okay in the end. He was fine. Okay, yeah, good. And, and, I, and it was one of those things that if I had known, I would have absolutely given him a hand to. to no, I I grew up in a in a household where where football was very um, very appreciated from afar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my father played extensively um, and. I grew up in a, in a house where it was it was kind of a different situation. My father had been way into it, and so he wanted me away from it. Oh, really? Which was really interesting. And I was actually interested in it, and he did everything he could to push me away for the same reason. So this has been, this discussion, there's been a lot of stories that are very familiar. Yeah. But some of them opposite. from kind of the opposite way. Yeah. yeah. This is this is really interesting to me. I appreciate you being willing to share that. But yeah, I've, I've thought about a lot about... The role of it is a it is a impact sport, it uh, is. to say the least. How do you feel about that now? Uh, just what football in general? Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things that like again I 
don't play it. I was just in it to hang out with my dad. And those were, you know, the time that I got to go to school and, and be coached by him and just kind of hang out with him in the classroom and things like that. Those are four years that most kids do not get to get with their parents. It's a relationship that most people don't have. And I'm so grateful for it because that if I, when I think back to high school, you know, I don't think about prom and I don't think about all the events and stuff. I think about hanging out with my dad, your father. Yep. That's really cool. What's the moment you were most proud of him? So we, we recently, recently went through a hard time. My sister gave uh, birth um, to this beautiful baby boy. And he came out um, with issues with his lungs to where okay. basically the oxygen um, wasn't, it basically was going, it's hard to explain. I, and I can't remember what the, the problem was, but it was, this, it was some sort of miscommunication with his heart and his lungs okay. to where the oxygen was not getting to where it needed to go. Okay. So when he was born, it was immediately like they had to fly him to another hospital and, and it was just madness. We didn't think yeah. that he was going to make it through. And my dad was such a rock for the whole family. I mean, he just really brought us all together and just, that was just a level of strength that I don't think that I can when you say brought you together. What did he do? I mean, it was just having a plan, making sure that we executed on it, being there for my mom. Cause she's freaking out being there for my sister. He's just, he's just being the Papa bear, you know, hmm. just the, the, the person that we needed in that time. And he was there for us. And, uh, now the kid is perfectly healthy. Oh, I'm not going to mention my name, uh, his name out of uh, no, respect okay. for my sister's privacy. Um, that's but fine. He is, uh, uh, he, his favorite is by far my dad. You, uh, you, you go to a crowd of people and you sit that kid down on the ground. He'll immediately go raise his arms up for my dad. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, your dad's got that cool, that cool facial hair going on. Yeah. I think that that's why, but yeah, it's, you can even walk up and he'll be holding him and you'll, you'll reach over and he'll, no, hold on. Just what's, uh, what's your dad's dream that he's never gotten to do yet? Hmm. Dream that he's never gotten to do. Yeah. You know, is there something out there that your dad has hoped for that he hasn't yet gotten to realize? He's, we've only recently started getting into travel and I feel like some sort of sick, like cruise just to, to go out. Cause he's always, he was raised in Oklahoma and, and you know, he had a ton of brothers and sisters, so they weren't, they didn't have a lot of money and he had to really fight for what he has now. And right now him, him and my mom are very well off and they, they've mm -hmm. worked hard for what they've gotten. Um, and they've only recently started to go to like beaches and things like that. Ah. So he always talks about going on a cruise and, and, and it seems like a really simple dream, but, uh, I, he's, he's been able to check things off his list. He's going through a weight loss thing. Yeah. He's gotten the crazy sports car during the midlife crisis. And I think the next big thing is for him to just go and travel and have a, a great time on vacation. So, so, some of the best dreams are the simple ones. Yeah. That's it. We're going to, I think that's a good place for us to do that hard left turn okay. into the second part of the show, instant noodles. But before we do that, we want to thank our Patreon producers, Nick Rie and Robert Nieder, whose generous support makes the show possible, as well as all of you watching and listening to Pockets Full of Soup, whether it be on iTunes or Android or YouTube or ye old other platforms. You can join us in the free Pockets Full of Soup Facebook group. And why wouldn't you? We're a pleasant bunch. Join the super friends. Have a lot of fun over there. Also, hey, 
Uh, money is nice. If you'd like to give me some, patreon.com slash Jared Petty. That's patreon.com slash Jared Petty. That's a good place to go and give money to keep pockets full of soup and all the other things we're doing. Things like pockets full of quarters, a pretty good day, at all, etc. All kinds of fun stuff. We've got some pretty groovy bonuses. You should check them out. Also, you can buy a t-shirt with my weird face on it. <laughs> all right. So those are things that can happen. Why would you want to do that? I don't know, but someone does for some reason. I want a so, t-shirt of Jared Petty's face. Uh, that can be arranged. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Mexico will draw it, and I I look wonderfully ridiculous. It's it's a really delightful picture by like Max. Yeah, uh, it's it's pretty silly, but uh, yeah, Blaine, are you ready for the lightning round? Instant noodles. Are you set to answer the hard hitting questions that the people of America want to know? This is the first question, isn't it? And by I say people of America, I mean also those of you in the UK, Australia, and other nations. That is the first question. Yes. All right. I'm ready to go. All right. What is best sandwich? Grilled cheese. Street grilled cheese, just like we talked about. Keep on, keep on. We hit that very good. Consistency. If you could travel through time and meet any one person, who would it be and why? I'd have to go back to uh, Clint Eastwood during the Dollars Trilogy filming. Oh, why do you want to talk with him? Yeah, he's just, he's such a badass. He just, <laughs> he's the American man in that movie. Okay. You know? Like, you just, no comparison. But you want to talk to Eastwood himself during that period. What do you want to ask him about? Like, what do you want, what do you want to talk with him about? Uh, well, he became a successful director, and I uh -huh. want to become that. So I just want to see what skills, but also just kind of what's going through his mind. Because yeah. apparently he was he didn't enjoy that cigar, so that's why he always looks so mad. But Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. There's the smoke coming into his eyes, and he just... Yeah. Uh. So for people who haven't watched the Man With No Name trilogy, sell him on it right now. Oh, God. Um, well, the original Buddy Cop was in For a Few Dollars More, and that was Lee Van Cleef and Clint Eastwood. And mm -hmm. I would say that that's like the original Buddy Cop movie. Yeah, I think it's, that's, that's, that's fair. They have a phenomenal dynamic. It starts out when they're low point where they're not really liking each other. They're, they're op opponents, and then they end up being, well, go see it for yourself. But, uh, I mean, you've heard of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and that's one of the greatest classics in American cinema. And they made these things. They're spaghetti westerns, so they're made dirt cheap. Mm -hmm. You know, out in Italy. yeah, it's kind of pseudo. You say American cinema. I mean, it is, but it, you know, there's filmed in Spain, yeah. but but also produced. By, yeah, there's a whole other in the score. Oh okay. god, there's just so many amazing components to it. But yeah, he's he's right. These movies are great. You should really watch them. Eli Wallach, man, and and the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, just unreal. Yeah, that's incredible. Wonderful, wonderful films. All right, so let's uh, let's run down that film road for a second. Okay. Uh, what's one movie everyone loves that you just don't get? Um. I'd have to say it would be, what's that one with, uh, there's like a whole drug thing going on. Okay, well, that's a lot of movies. Let's write it down. <laughs> um, the, the guy just re recently came up with that movie, Requiem for a Dream. Requiem for a Dream. There yeah. we go. Okay, so Requiem for a Dream. Uh, what about it? Just, just like I don't think I've watched it to completion because it's one of those movies that, like, I think you have to go and then you have to take a shower immediately after. And I, <laughs> I want to feel good at the end of a movie. Huh. You know, even oh, do you watch sad movies? Yes, I do. Like you know, there's Sicario is the most recent one that I can think of that's not the greatest, happiest ending. Mm -hmm. But like you know, there's those things are like contemplative, and you know, you really think about it afterwards. But yeah, right from Virginia, it just seems like just awful things happening again and again and again. It's it's difficult to watch. It's grating, and I just mm -hmm. don't like that. I like the film, uh, but but I understand how it could could wear somebody down. Definitely. Yeah. What's uh, what's a movie you cry at that you're kind of embarrassed you cry at? A movie that I cry at, I'm embarrassed to cry at. Yeah, man, don't 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 judge me. But the Wachowskis came out with Speed Racer, and that's got some real good performances, despite its stupid look and just like everything being bonkers crazy. Like, 
the when he's talking to his mom and she's talking about like how he needs to pursue his passion for racing oh, it still hits me and you cry a little okay. bit i tear up first off i want to be clear i like that movie yeah but I am trying very hard not to judge you right now for crying in the middle of it. I shouldn't, but I really want it's, to. It's just such a pretty movie, and there's so much going on. And there's so like, emotions. Thank you for the bravery for telling us that, because that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a, yeah. No, I, 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 I weep like a baby at the end of Rocky every time. It doesn't matter. 40, 40, I can watch it 40 times. Yeah. I still cry when he loses that fight. It's, it's the best. It's just one of the most wonderful things, because he loses and he wins, and it's awesome. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Salt Flick. He's coming out with Creed 2. Apparently he's directing. Slides. Oh, really? Yeah. No kidding. Uh, Creed uh, Creed deserves a sequel. I mean, I, I didn't... Creed was the Rocky movie I didn't know we needed. Yeah. Uh, I was shocked by how good that Rocky was. Rocky Balboa was another Rocky movie that we didn't really know. Yeah, who needed. knew? Who yeah. knew that they would, these would be good? Rocky Four. we can put that one... We can forget about that one. Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, I, I get... I guess because it's such a self-parody now. Like, Rocky Four became... A better movie viewed through the lens of of just a piece of commentary on a place and time. Okay, it, it became a better movie when you look at it as irony. When it came out, it, it was not good. Yeah, and it's still not a good movie. Oh, but Tommy it's just Gunn. Like, no, it's just a. Oh wait, no, that's Tom. That's Rocky Five. Whoa, my God. Okay, whoa, wait, I'm talking about Rocky Four's Drago, isn't it? Yeah, Ivan Drago. That's oh, not, Rocky Four is great. I love. That's it. not a good movie. Ivan Drago's the best. He's so scary. He, he I must, must break you. I must break you. That's great. He's like a piece of iron. Sorry, Rocky yeah. Five is awful. No, Rocky Five is awful. And this, there's a, there, in this, there's agreement. All right. Oh, I'm embarrassed now. No, don't be embarrassed at all. <laughs> Um, what's your favorite word? Mm. Oh my gosh. I've been using it a lot lately. It's had, it's the, the, the it's got a P S E U. Uh, no, 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 Psy? no, 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 Psy? it's uh, a pneumatics, pneumatics, pneumatics. It's one of those words pneumatics. where the P is silent and yeah. you feel smart pneumatics for saying it. For saying exactly. And I've organically said pneumatics. That's right. Like three times in the last three months. Pneumatics is fun. I also like how you said organically said pneumatics. Like that's an amazing three words to put together. Pneumatics. pneumatics from the Greek pneumas, meaning wind. There we yeah. are. Oh, that's right. Yeah, actually, that is where it's from. You yeah, agree? Uh, I, yeah, actually. Uh, but that uh, I'm very misspent eight years of college, um, <laughs> uh, and not any useful Greek. Only like only ancient Greek. I would so, argue that it was useful because somehow it helped you get where you were now. Well, like if I go to Greece, well, that's a very kind thing to say, but like if I go to Greece, I'm useless. Like all I can, yeah, bring me the Rosetta Stone. I'm kind of helpful. <laughs> Otherwise it's, it's, I'm not a lot of use. What's the first word you think of when you hear the sound of your own voice? Annoying. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. That's I'm really annoying. down on myself. Oh, but don't be down on yourself. You're great, Blaine. It's hard for me to listen to like old podcasts and be like, mm. What's the first video game you remember playing? First video game? Oh, man. I think it's got to be the old Spider-Man game for Sega Genesis. Yeah? The Genesis Spider-Man game? Yeah. I remember there was this one mission where it always freaked me out, and I didn't find out until years later. It was a spider sense, but he had these like little... Yeah, the spider sense waves that come lines. out of his head. Yeah, yeah, but it, that's, that means that there was things coming down and move over, you idiot. And I was just like, what? Spider-Man's sick. He's poisoned. <laughs> It's like I didn't realize that's that until awesome. later. Yeah, that's from the comic book, and that's why. But that would make sense if you didn't have any context yeah. for that. You'd just be like, "Why is Spider-Man's head on fire?" Yeah, that's, it's 
kind of great. It was very upsetting to me. I thought it was a glitch. Makes Kept restarting the game, the game. in fact. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you ever play that uh, that weird uh, Shinobi game on Genesis where they did totally, at least early on, didn't pay for the license for Spider-Man, Batman, or Godzilla, but they all show up in the game as bosses? No. That's yeah. incredible. It's only in the first run of the cartridge, but you're like a ninja, and at different points you fight Spider-Man, Batman, and Godzilla. Then they made them take them out. Then later on, the makers of the game apparently got the license for Spider-Man, so they actually put him back in. Nice. Like, it's it's really funny. No. Um, no. Not many games on Sega Genesis. Yeah, it's got that. There we go. Uh, who was your first kiss? Uh, that was, I think Maggie. Was Maggie? How old were you? Oh god, I'm so embarrassed to admit this. That was. Um, oh wait, no, it wasn't. It was. Uh, <laughs> was your name Tristan? No. <laughs> Don't remember the name anymore. No, I do. I can. I can. Yeah, I can lay the scene out. Lay I'm, the scene. I'm gonna keep her name out of it because I want to keep, keep it safe. You yeah. know, for for privacy sake. I don't remember her name. Uh, it was. Uh, we were at a Halloween party. I was dressed. She was dressed as uh, Tinkerbell, okay. and I told her I was gonna come showing up as showing up as like a superhero. But then I ended up surprising her. I showed up as Peter Pan ah. to her Tinkerbell. And her parents were chaperoning the party and okay. they were watching us dance and they watched us have our first kiss, which is just horrifying. You're, wow, our parents were watching. How's the kiss? <laughs> oh, okay. That was basically it. But how old were you? That had to have been 15 or 16. Oh, that's adorable. You were dressed as Peter Pan and her parents were watching the kiss. My wow. mom made that Peter Pan outfit for me because my mom's an amazing seamstress. But in that instance, she wasn't because she picked out the worst fabric that like was just terrible on my skin and uh, I feel like I like came out with a rash. Not a great Halloween. Yeah, but but she did get a kiss. I did get a kiss. It was my first kiss. There you go. I mean isn't adolescence just the worst? It's awful. It's just <laughs> nonstop awkward memories. How did any of us survive it? Uh, All right. Always the last question, Blaine. Cake or pie? Pie. You have chosen wisely. Specifically pumpkin. Oh, pumpkin pie. So All right. Good. So would you then disagree with uh, Garrison Keillor's assertion that the best pumpkin pie you've ever had was not that much better than the worst pumpkin pie you've ever had? Or would you agree with that? No, that's not. That's pretty spot on. <laughs> yeah. Like you can go to Kroger or, or any grocery store and it's just like, just get one of their pies. And it's, it's amazing. I wondered how you felt on that. I felt you felt on that. No, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. A, I don't have a yeah. crazy palate when it comes to pumpkin yeah, pie. Yeah, he said that. And he said pumpkin pie is just an excuse to eat nutmeg, which I thought was very funny. Uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, pumpkin pie is really good. And it's that time of year for pumpkin pie. Yeah, it mm, is. Pretty exciting. Pie. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. It really is. Blaine, thank you for joining us. It's been an absolute yes. pleasure. Thanks yeah. for coming on the show, man. I'm really, really happy to get to know you. Where can folks find you, see your work, know what you're up to? Uh, people can find me at Rich Teeth Productions. Uh, I work on a show called Million Dollars Butt, and we talk about crazy scenarios, what you would do for a million dollars. I write and direct it. Well, I guess I direct it. It's a show that we adapt from an interview and podcast, and then we put it into live action form. And then I guess they can find me on uh, Twitter.com. I'm just B Gibbles. Mm -hmm. And then I'm the Blaine, the underscore Blaine on Instagram. Why you would want to follow me on either of those is beyond me because I'm very. Why, why the self disparaging nature here? <laughs> I, just, I think my last Aww. tweet was about was about. Uh, I can't remember what it was. It was like a Star Wars reference. It was like Job of the Hut or something. I don't know. Oh, 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 oh,
Anyway, Blaine, thank you for joining <laughs> us on the show today. Thank you for watching and listening. Super Friends, you keep us going, and it means a lot to me. Uh, you've you changed my life, and you continue to every day. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.